Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. A lovely night here by the Billabong. Just coming down from the north during the evening of the state's biggest cyclone in our history, Cyclone Tracy. When I pulled into a pub to seek shelter, and I met a bloke from Perth. They came bursting in looking dishevelled and thin. We calmed his nerves with a few beers, and he began to tell a strange story. It was a story that you'd think was told by a madman. But the problem was, this madman was a reputable astronomer, originally from England. Oh, oh, bloody good luck you're open, mate. This bloody cyclone. It's going to hit hard, they reckon. Uh, you got lots of beer? Buddy, we've got lots of beer. I think we'll be here for a while. That's probably Alice. She's always had a few too many before she gets here. Alice, love, you there? For Christ's sake, Alice. <coughs> hey, look at this. You all right, bloke? Hello. Here. Come here. Come here, mate. Give me a hand. Lay him down over there. Hey there, young fella. You okay? You know him? Never seen him. Not many blokes dress in suits around here. He's from Darwin, maybe. What's that thing he's got? It's like a case, I think. Here, let's get it on the bar. Ah! Shit! It's bloody cold! It's frozen! In this heat! Where am I? You alright, buddy? You're at the Humpty Doo Hotel. <laughs> Humpty where? Humpty Doo, mate. 40 clicks south of Darwin. Darwin. I'm back. Yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> yeah, so how's our guest? Well, he's rested now. He's had something to eat. Join us in a bit. He looks like he's gone through hell. Yeah, I'd love to know what this thing is. While you were gone, I thought I'd have a closer look. I can't see any hinges or locks to open it up. It just looks like a like a lump of aluminium. But it's light as a feather to the touch. And it's bloody cold. Light, eh? Got any oven mitts? Yeah. Hang on. Right. Now pick it up. What? No. Jesus! Put that down! Sorry, mate. What is that thing? I don't know. He was laying there beside me when they returned me. Returned you from where? My prison. I haven't tasted beer in, well, I don't know, how long. What's the date, please? Ah, it's December the 13th. 1968? No, mate. 1974. Five years. My God, those bastards. My name is John Harris. 
my work. Well, I did work as an astronomer for Perth Observatory for a, three years. I worked on several projects, mapping the Southern Hemisphere in a joint project between London and Western Australia, and Astrological Society. I used to look up and wonder about the worlds orbiting those distant stars. I, I wondered what creature might live out there. Never thought I would meet one. One what? A little green man. My captain. A what? You want to hear the story or not? Yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, sorry mate, go on. It was not long after 2am on a Friday when I was up a ladder about to start the laborious tasks of cleaning the lenses. And I saw it. A glowing from behind the bushes of the eastern hills. Now, the observatory is miles away from Perfo, way up in the hills, far away from the lights of the city and the sprawling suburbs. It's the perfect place to view the heavens. There I was, cleaning away when I saw this, this light, this, this light glowed a bright blue, way out in the bushes. I grabbed my torch and headed into the bush. I made my way up the hill, and there it was. It uh, just sitting there above the tree line, hovering, just hovering. A bright, rectangular object. Silver and blue at the same time. I came over the hill and looked at it from behind a tree. I was... I was terrified. A UFO. A real-life UFO. I decided to go back and grab my camera. and to get some photos. I turned around and I tripped over this large loose branch and a bright light shone over me. Lighting up the whole side of the hill in this blue glow. I couldn't move. I tried, but what was it? It held me. It felt like I was in the warm water, but but dry. And then it pulled me towards it. I flew past the treetops. Suspended in midair, spinning around. I screamed. I awoke on the floor of the observatory. My head was killing me. It was still night. Uh, I decided to lock up and leave and go home. I was groggy and sore. I looked up and went out to the car park and... But my car was not there. I stood there for a moment. Something felt odd. Foreign. 
I looked up and I... I... I looked up and I couldn't see the stars. No clouds. No stars. Just blackness. The place was still like a crypt. I could only hear the gravel under my feet. I mean, there was no noises from the bush, no wind through the trees, nothing. It was silent, like a crypt. I, I decided to walk down the hill and make my way back, and uh, I was about three or four kilometers along the track when suddenly I hit <gasps> something invisible. A wall! I could see further down the road, but I was unable to pass this invisible wall. It hummed at me. I pushed it in. It stretched like a plastic canvas when I let go of it, but moulded back into shape. I ran back up to the observatory, into the viewing room. I turned on all the instruments and I tried to see anything through the giant lens. Nothing. And I heard a strange sound and then BANG! This orange light everywhere, the brightest you would have ever seen. I fell off my stool covering my eyes and I heard this loud muffled sound foreign. I decided to walk to the door. When I reached out and grabbed the doorknob, there was a knock. I froze with fear, then I slowly opened the door, and what stood there was a four feet tall little green man, a Martian in every sense of the word. Taren, welcome. May I enter? I nodded and watched as he moved into the room, looking about. He looked green all over, with skin that looked like that of a wet seal. A slimy green coat with a large... with large black eyes. His arms were very skinny, and he stood there with his hands on his hips. He wore no clothes, nor any shoes. Well, this habitat looks to be complete. I'll show you where you can get your food and water. We've done our best to recreate your food from your memories. Well, they are your memories, so your taste buds may disagree. He took me to the observatory and showed me a rectangular panel. He gestured for me to try. I pressed a panel and a list of my favourite foods and beverages popped up on the screen. Every food type has been taken care of, so you can stay fit and healthy for our visitors. <clears throat> visitors? I asked. Who am I expecting? Did the greetings team not tell you about... You don't... No? Oh, well, this is an embarrassment. Well, follow me, please. I followed the little man outside as he tapped on his little silver disc, looking upwards towards the sky at the orange glow. Yes, yes, come and say hello to the Terran. Yes, that's it, children. Don't be shy. Suddenly, it switched to this stark white... I watched as these giant green heads filled the sky. One of the things, hands pressed on what I came to see, was a giant dome. Creatures looked down and chatted amongst themselves. You're the new exhibit. Exhibit? 
You're the newest addition to our Terranix. I'm in a zoo? Uh, well, as far as you would understand it, you are in a laboratory. My section, my workplace, this... This isn't Calamunda. Well, this isn't Earth, Terran. It's a replica for your enjoyment for our study. Study? Show me. You are a tenth enclosure. Ten different races. Ten different cultures. The little man slid his hands over the disc, and ten little screens popped up, showing different locations of the planet. A snowy mountain, a beach, a rainforest, a desert, even an empty city. Men and women all walking about aimlessly, with vacant expressions. I walked back into the kitchen, and... The little man pointed at a circular orb. Now, Taryn, you can eat here. I want you to take me home immediately. I'm not some bloody zoo animal for your enjoyment. I'm sure you'll be as happy as our other guests. Take care, Taryn. And he left. The next weeks or months were extremely isolating. I filled my days trying different foods from the dispenser. They... It was not the same. I walked the perimeter, running my hands along the invisible wall, looking for a hatch or something that could help me escape. I threw things at the wall. It bounced back at me. All the while, these giant creatures looking down at me for their amusement or study. I couldn't tell which. I explored my little prison, and I calculated it was roughly 25 hectares in diameter. It had undilating hills, trees, and small stream, but the lack of birds made the place feel eerie and sterile. I can tell you it was startling to be walking around and suddenly to see this huge shadow come out of nowhere. You Look up, and these big black eyes looking down at you blankly. They never blinked. It was... it was disturbing. I wondered if they got bored. Did they sleep? Were they... always watching? I decided to take notes of their routine, and I made myself follow their patterns. I'd seen enough prison breakout movies to know about the routine and escaping. This went for months. Turned out they had a standard day and night, just like the rest of us. One day in the late evening, after the room was emptied, I climbed to the top of the tallest tree to see outwards. I was in a giant orange room. Our little habitats were dotted all around. The room was on display like a museum. Like little biodomes. I could see mountains. Ranges. And deserts. Then, one day the little green man had returned. We wondered why you climbed up the tree. I shrugged. I said, boredom. There are three females in that dome, and three males in that far dome. We find it strange that you risked self-injury with this senseless venture. What else can I do here? I wake up, 
I eat. That telescope you've made me doesn't work, and the books you left me are written incorrectly. Do you understand the concept of boredom? Loneliness. Medication won't fix this, I said. Humans need contacts. Humans need each other to talk, to laugh, to cry. This is how our societies function. Have you heard the tale of Robinson Crusoe? The little man stared at me blankly. Well, this may have a direct connection to the human self-expiring. Self-expiring, I asked. We end their life, so we repair them. Repair them? Oh yes, it's a simple process. And with that he turned and left. Suicide, I thought. My God, how long have these poor souls been here? One day, when I was hidden in the basement, I noticed a crack in the wooden panel. I peeled back the wood to find a silver-shaped hatch. I shoved at it and pushed inwards easily, and there it was. A small tunnel. I began to crawl in and scampered along for what seems like ages until I could see a bright light at the end. I saw my freedom. I crawled and crawled. My legs and arms grew heavy, but I was determined to get to the light. To get out and to see. Eventually I made it. I crawled out. I stood up and let my eyes adjust. I was on a narrow ledge, under a meter in. With that, I ran off around my little biodome. The orange room was cold. I looked down. The floor was covered in some sort of smog. The hatch closed behind me. I yelped in fear and slipped off the ledge. I dangled down, holding on for my life. I tried to pull myself up, but it couldn't grasp on the ledge. And I went. I... I hit the fog. And it went dark. I was back. I lay on the floor, listening to the clock ticking as my heart raced. I looked down. I was... I was naked. Stood up. I was groggy. I staggered towards the door and walked outside. I looked up and the orange glow was ever present. No! I yelled, I was not back! The days turned into years and on it went. I'd break out and fall and then I was back again. Repaired. Not a scratch on me. Nothing. One time I made it all around the dome to come face to face with these giant creatures. My world began to spin again, and I couldn't stay awake. I collapsed on the silver platform, passing out, and then again, I found myself back and again, naked, laying on the floor. Eventually, I withdrew into myself. Some days, I wouldn't even get out of bed. I would stay in there all day. Sometimes staring at the wall. I'd let my beard grow out. My hair got long and unkept. 
I began to think of the gruelers I saw in the zoo as a child. These beautiful creatures. Stuck and lost. Then one day I looked up and there he was, back. The Martian at the end of my bed. The silver thing floating nearby. You have ceased your daily routine, Darren. I looked blankly at him. My warden. His big black eyes reflected my wretched state. You've taken everything from me. I glared. Suddenly I leapt up and grabbed around his skinny little neck. I squeezed as hard as I could. He flapped around trying to reach for the silver object. I sat on him, putting all my weight until he stopped moving. A low hum started to fill the room. I ran down the stairs and pulled down the curtains and ran into the kitchen. I was mad with anger. I turned on the gas burner, setting the curtains alight. I grabbed some papers and lit them and ran outside. Spotted a small dead bush, set it alight. I dragged the Martian's corpse out of the porch as the house caught on fire. I threw his body onto the fire and stood and watched as it burned. Black smoke filled the dome. I began to choke and cough. I watched the flames jump from the house and the little forest. My vision blurred as my lungs burnt and black smoke choked me. I gasped gasped until I passed out. And then I woke up here, in the car park, in Humpty Doo. So they released you? Yes, un unbelievable. Can I borrow your phone? I spent the next two weeks making my way back to Perth and back to my family who thought I was long dead. I took the gift given to me to the physicist who was at the local university. Said they would have a look. I eventually got my job back up in the hills of Kalamunda. The years ticked over and I grew into an old man. Some nights, I would fall asleep, sitting in the chair under the telescope, and then suddenly jolt up awake. And for the briefest of moments, I would think I was back in my alien habitat. Hi, and thanks for listening to this week's episode. The story was entitled The Astrographer's Visitor. You will listen to the very talented Michael Jukes, Robert Healy, 
and Adrian Barker. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week by the Billabong.